The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Bright Side. I'm back to my bright spots of the week, and I want to start with something that probably wouldn't seem like a bright spot, but for me, it totally was, which was a very rainy day here in L.A., And although that's a challenge with the dogs because they get so muddy and then they track all the mud in the house, I didn't even care because we spent the whole day just curled up in bed. One of the kind of funny things about living in LA for anyone listening who doesn't live here, sorry, Dash is over here yawning next to me, is that because the weather is so beautiful here all the time, which is obviously wonderful, when it actually is bad weather, you sort of appreciate it because I think we... I don't know, at least I feel really guilty if I spend a day inside or just kind of being lazy around the house because it's so nice outside. It feels like you're wasting the day. So it was kind of nice to have a really cold, rainy day and just spend the day inside watching movies and making food and eating in bed and all the things that I don't usually take a lot of advantage of. And then another one of the things which came out of the rainy day also was my quinoa oatmeal recipe, which I posted on Instagram. And I always feel like it's boring to have 15 slides talking about how to make something like quinoa oatmeal but the response from people was kind of great a lot of people seem to be looking for new recipes and I had so many messages of people's pictures of their oatmeal that they made and how their kids were loving it and so that was kind of a hit so I'm excited about that that was really nice to just kind of interact with everyone over something like quinoa oatmeal and then I've got my new foster dog here. He's been here at my house for about two weeks and we've renamed him Rango. His name was Luke initially. And he came up here from Mexico. He had kind of a rough patch. Uh, He was actually found and had been attacked by another dog or by some kind of animal. So he had a lot of wounds and had a lot of blood on him. And someone reported that they saw him in a parking lot in Tijuana. He was rescued and brought up here to LA and he's doing great. He's settled in so well. He's about four or five years old, we think. And he's just been the easiest, sweetest dog. He's so affectionate, so loving. Um, So it's been really great to just kind of watch him get settled and comfortable here. He was really anxious the first couple of days, which is normal for, for a foster, but it's been nice to see him get really comfortable and he just wants so much love and attention and he and Dash get along really well. So that's been Another bright spot. And then this past week was really big because the comedy series that I wrote with this writer, Philippe, we got paired up at the beginning of quarantine to work together on an idea that I had. And we wrote a show and we got a producer on board in the summer and we've gone out and begun pitching to sell it. So we had two really major pitch meetings this week and they went great. They were really fun and funny and So that's going well. So those are kind of my big bright spots for the past week. And this week's guests were another bright spot. We've got Allie and Adrian on. And Allie's the founder of Dry Bar. So I think almost everybody's at least heard of Dry Bar at this point. She and her boyfriend, Adrian, are definitely a power couple if ever there was one. They both have very successful careers. They're both super smart and interesting and funny and don't take themselves too seriously. And we're very raw and transparent and not shy to share any detail about anything that we were talking about. And I think that's really cool. I love when people come on and are engaged and 
and open and we get to have really real conversations. So that's this week's episode and I hope you guys will love it. I really enjoyed talking with them and I think you guys will like to hear it. So enjoy. We have Allie and Adrian here who are the hosts of Raising the Bar podcast. Yes. How are you finding podcasting? Well, it's interesting, especially in, in COVID times, like we're, we're living together, we're working together, we're, you know, we're doing a lot of things together. <laughs> and, you know, there's certain late night brownies. Yeah. So good. Slutty That's brownies. Great. Yeah. I'm, yeah. They're, so, they're literally called slutty it brownies. It sounds like you guys are doing it right. Well, <laughs> but I mean, there are definitely times that we are like in a thing and then we have to like record and have to like not think about the thing that we're in and push through. You mean if we're like in a battle or something? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like it's never really affected us. No, we, we're professionals. We, you, you can, you can pull it together to be professional. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah. And yeah. we're always like holding hands, like under the table or something. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. I won't tell you where my hand is right now. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are funny. You're fun. I like you too. <laughs> um, where did where did the idea for raising the bar podcast come from? Well, it originally started because my well, I guess like three years ago with my brother Michael Landau, who's my business partner in Dry Bar, and we we did it really because I mean we were looking for, for kind of a way to be able to kind of give back a lot of the things that we learned over building dry bar over the last 10 years. And we, we both would get hit up a ton from people, you know, asking us very specific questions about building their own business and how you grow and scale a company and all the ups and downs. Blah, blah, blah. So we thought if we, if we started a podcast, you know, cause that was like the thing to do, we would be able to have guests on who have gone through similar experiences as us, but then be able to like dig in deeper to those issues you know, on the podcast. And then because we were brother and sister, you know, there was the brother and sister banter and we would tell like lots of like, you know, kind of war stories from the dry bar days and, you know, how we, how we dealt with all the different things that, that came up. So that's how it started. And then, you know, life happened. My brother had a baby and he wanted to like, he needed to take a step back. And so we kind of thought we were going to be done with the podcast. And then Adrian and I met and started dating. And there, during the time where Michael was kind of waffling and doing the podcast, I asked Adrian to, to step in and be my, my guest co-host as a kind of way to see if that would be fun for us to do together. And of course it was. Well, and it actually makes so much sense, right? Because Adrian, you coach entrepreneurs. I mean, among the mm-hmm. many, many other things you do. Yeah. I mean, I thought that like we would get to, a, you know, like a whole different like subset of questions and topics and conversations with Adrian that, you know, would obviously be different with Michael and the whole dynamic of the show would, would change, which is exactly what happened. You know, I mean, we still ask kind of some of the nuts and bolts questions of like, how did you build it and blah, blah, blah. But it's more, I mean, I always tell Adrian, like he's, he's a pretty provocative question to ask her and asks people things that you're like, wow, I can't believe you just said that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what we like. I think those are the best shows. I've always said that Howard Stern is my, f- I mean, I think he's a lot of people's favorite interviewer. in that, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think the closer you can get to Howard Stern, because he's just somehow managed to figure out a way to do it without offending people. Like he gets, he can get away with pretty much anything. And I think that having that confidence in asking questions like that, if you have the confidence and you don't shy away from it, it actually just kind of seems to work. I can't do it. Not <laughs> uh, yet. I want to just back up a little bit because I want for the for the listeners to understand what both of your backgrounds are. Who are you, hot thing? 
Why don't you me. Yeah. Uh, my, hi, my name is Adrian. Just Taylor. don't have a battle about it, please. <laughs> <laughs> you. Are you going to get uncomfortable? Um, uh, hi, my name is Adrian. And um, my background is uh, quite various. Now I coach founders, mostly entrepreneurs, fast moving executives. I do coach some folks in the corporate space, but they got to be hungry and willing to break down political barriers and stuff to work with me. I really like ambitious, bothered people. I've always been kind of an ambitious and bothered person, so I get them, and I, I speak they're kind of crazy. So those are the folks I work with. I work with their teams. Anyway, that's my passion. That's why I get up in the morning to help people thrive in that way. Background-wise, I wandered my way here. I've always been about helping people through the most important conversations or situations in their lives. Before this, I ran a foundation. We worked mostly in prison with murderers to help them turn their lives around and make their lives right and make a difference and and um, see, be free, even though most of them didn't get the shot to be free, uh, or you know, are going to be in prison for a long time. They can still make a difference, and many of them got out and uh, are making a difference back in the communities now. But that's that's how I cut my teeth as a coach. Before that, I was uh, an activist, so I worked with a church here in town. In town is Los Angeles, uh, called Mosaic, very spiritually activistic, so very altruistic, want to make the world better. And we had about 3,000 people at that church and got to speak and, and speak on leadership stuff and take people around the world to go make a difference and mobilize people locally. Give them, I said, just, I'll give you the best hour of your week. If you give me an hour, I'll give you the best hour of your week. And so, that would, you know, serving other people. Um, and before that, I was an intensive care nurse, uh, mostly pediatric. So helping kids make it and helping moms and dads figure out, you know, how to take a deep breath from the scariest moment of their lives. So anyway, so it's been a wild ride. So this is what I'm doing now. Oh, I think that's a good like summation of you always helping people. I think that's if I had to say like your passion is definitely helping people. Yeah. So as you know, I started Dry Bar ten years ago with my brother and now ex husband. Before that, long time hairstylist. I've worked in the hair industry for a very long time. In about in 2008, I guess I started a mobile blow dry business called Straight at Home, which is basically what led to Dry Bar coming to life. So we have 150 dry bar locations. Most of them aren't open today, sadly. About 4,000 employees, a, a pretty massive product line that we recently sold in January before the world fell apart. And now I'm, you know, I'm still on the board of dry bar, but I'm not in the day-to-day operations. We've launched another company called Squeeze, which is a massage concept founded by the same team as dry bar. And it, although it's a brick and mortar, it's all very apt base where you book on the app, you tip on the app, you put in all your preferences on the app. It's a really beautiful experience. But as soon as the world reopens, we have a lot of um, tons of interest around the country to um, franchise. We're exclusively franchising that model. So once things open back up, that'll be really exciting to get back off the ground. I invest in a lot of different companies. I have a new company that I'm launching in February, which I can't tell you about yet, but I'm very excited (laughs) about. I'm in the process of writing my second book. And have a couple other little projects on the side in addition to hosting Raising the Bar, this guy. Okay, so I can see how this came together. <laughs> she sounds exactly the kind of person that you would want to coach and vice versa. I know. So I it was funny the back when I was still hosting the podcast with my brother, the first time Adrian and my brother met, Adrian picked me up from Dear Media, which is where I was recording. And it was the first time they were meeting and there was like in the parking garage, it was like a quick blow and my brother, always very quick on his feet, was like, you know, I introduced him to Adrian, and then he said to Adrian, he's like, should we tell her? And Adrian very quickly was like, I think we should. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? 
Michael was like, so we didn't want to tell you and we didn't expect you guys to fall in love, but we actually hired Adrian for you, the board and I. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I mean, like, for like truly a, like just a split second, because they were both so serious and Adrian was like so in on it. And he didn't know. <laughs> but it was so like, it was so funny. And obviously they didn't, but it was a great first like meeting story of my brother mm. and Adrian. But kidding aside, I really could have used Adrian's coaching skills. And we talk about that a lot now, how funny it would have been if we had met, <laughs> you know, five years ago. And I have, a, you know, I have a couple of girlfriends who I remember a couple of years ago were using executive coaches. And I remember that word getting thrown around and me just thinking that is so stupid. I did not want that. Like, no, thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. in my mind, I pictured, you know, some like guy, you no know, problem. just like, was like, you don't know, you don't get it. You don't get me. Like I would have, you know, so he would have had a fucking field day with me. To that, I would have said, great story. Keep going. <laughs> well, you know, how special are you? The, the thing that sold me, because I guess I sort of had a similar idea of what an executive coach would be until I watched the show Billions. Did yeah. you ever oh watch? God, that's the best show. Right. And the woman who plays the executive coach in that show, so brilliant. And, and actually, a long time ago, I used to work for an asset management company, and I worked for the CEO of that company. And it was almost the exact, like, every single thing that happened on Billions was like my job. You know, it was just like wow. the company that I worked for. And I found it so interesting. And even the man I worked for, I mean, not, okay, not everything that happened on the show, but a lot, you know. And yeah. there was a woman and she wasn't called an executive coach. She was the chief of staff for the company I worked for. But in a way, she played a very similar role to what that coach did on the show yeah. and the company i honestly she helped with the, that company so much it was incredible yeah i mean it's been really interesting for me to hear you know what adrian and talk to adrian about what he does or if i'm ever able to like witness and kind of talking to somebody it's like i always think of it as like oh he's giving somebody advice on you know how to be better at their job and how to whatever but it's it's not that at all i've learned it's more of like i mean obviously you should explain it, not oh, me. But I just, I think it's interesting that it's like getting people to think about things in a different way from a different perspective versus mm -hmm. like, cause I'm always like, you know, well, what should they do? What should they say? And he's like, you know, that's, that's not for me to say, you know, so it's not, it's not like you're getting advice. I, and I, I find that really interesting that, you know, it's kind of getting you to like, look at it's some hybrid of like therapy combine because in that in a way that's what a ther what a therapist does too is really just kind of frame your perspective but they're not making decisions for you well well it depends on what we mean <laughs> so uh it's not about uh, advice not that i don't have plenty of advice for people i've got lots of opinions about what people should be doing it just doesn't work advice doesn't work for the most you part have to come to it on your own well no i mean they don't want they i mean maybe but they don't want advice you're probably working with very strong-minded individuals. Yeah. Well, everybody I work with is smarter than I am. So it's not like they lack ideas. It's a willingness to pay the price. They're usually the willingness to pay the price of being wrong about something. They don't want to do that. Or, you know, to, to be stubborn is like, is also a natural way of being for everybody I work with, really stubborn people. And I think stubbornness is, is a, can be a phenomenal asset. But usually, just like all of us, you know, we're just, we're, we're the, the, the fish in the water and we don't know we're in the water. So helping them identify the water they're in is usually the first step and getting some perspective about what future is coming if they keep up what they're up to. Now, that's not only just about the ideas, but it's also about the mood and it's about the set of beliefs that they're operating in. And that's all invisible for most of us almost all the time. 
So helping somebody get connected to the future they want will usually shift everything, which will be different than most therapy. Most therapy is reflective in nature, which is great. My work is to help people get connected to the future they want. So they're actually in a generative state. So I, I help people get somewhere, you know, that would be like a, a distinction. That's very interesting. Have you guys been, because obviously this has been a period of time for dry bar since, you know, we've got Ali here and like, this is a period of time where you haven't been able to have people in the salons and you've launched a new business squeeze that like, I mean, I don't know how far you got along in that process before quarantine happened, but I mean, I'm sure this has been a quite a difficult or stressful time for you trying to figure out with all you've got employees. And of course you want them supported and um, have you two been working together through any of that or? He definitely advises me a lot on. Too much. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, stop coaching me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think that that's kind of a nice uh, little asset no, it, to it have. Is. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it totally is. I mean, I, obviously I, I tell Adrian everything that's going on in all the different areas of my life and he'll often help me with perspective on things. And for me, I'm a pretty like, knee-jerk reactionary kind of person. And I tend to want to like, you know, like strike out pretty quickly and respond pretty quickly before thinking something through. And I think that's one of the things that Adrian probably helps me is to slow down and like, think, right, like pause before reacting, which is really something I could have used a lot back in the day because I really had to learn the hard way running dry bar. I mean, i I really upset a lot of people and pissed off a lot of people a lot of the time because I was like a bull in China shop. And I had to learn the hard way by like getting really harsh, not great feedback. And, you know, learning from like my brother, who was the one person who, or John, who was our CEO at the time, who wasn't afraid to talk to me because everybody else was like, mm-hmm. hey, Allie, when you go in the store and you have a fucking fit because the floorboards are dirty you really put everybody on edge and people get scared and they don't like being around you. And I was like, I wasn't scary. What are you talking about? And like, I, I wasn't even aware, you know, that I was, I was being like this and I, and, and learning, relearning how to like deal with things that were stressful and things that weren't the way I wanted them to be. And I think that, you know, Adrian, you know, has been able to really help me in those, a lot of those conversations that I, you know, deal with on a regular basis. Well, you were combative about some things, avoiding and some others. Yeah, we all avoidance. Are. We all are. Like we yeah. avoid, we're like aggressive here, avoiding there. We're all like that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know if, it, if you're anything like this, but I think I have a hard time accepting criticism and I don't know if that falls into those categories. If, there, if anybody's critical of me, I always find some reason that I, like an excuse for why I was like that. Yeah. And that's oh, something thanks. that I try to, try to recognize and work on, but it's really hard. Yeah, you happen to be human. Yeah. And we all like to look good and we like to look good in our own eyes. I mean, especially what you were saying earlier about, you know, the whole purpose of your podcast is like having gone through something and, and gotten and come through the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the greatest gifts that I learned from Adrian and his business partner, Dan, was that being, well, being curious. I think that was one of the big ones I, I learned early on with you guys was like, it was at the time in my life was more applicable to what my son was going through. However, I think it, w- it would have, and now it does serve me well in business, but, you know, being really curious and asking a lot of questions, that was not something I did as a mom and, and certainly as like a business owner, you know, cause you're just like, go, go, go. And like, you think, you know, everything and you're like on a mission and you're just not like, you're just going. And I learned that if I, if I slowed down and asked my son questions about what he was going through. And, and I remember you used to say that all the time, just keep asking him questions. 
just be curious, be curious, be curious. And I was like, what am I going to ask him? You know? And then I was like, I'm just going to keep finding, figuring things to ask him. And, and I mean, I literally remember the day that my son was like, mom, you're so different, you know, cause my kids used to like feel that same defensiveness for me that I, that the people I worked with felt, you know, where they would be like hard to talk to me if they said anything that I didn't like, like watch out, you know, and that's really how my relationship with my kids was, but they, you know, it was like, they were, they were scared of me, you know, because I would, I would so easily, you know, get mad and fired up. And so it was like a very like cathartic process for me to go through to learn how to like be different. And I, you know, I learned it somewhat in the dry bar days, but not, not the way I, you know, learned it since, you know, meeting. My experience is for me and for everybody I work with, uh, you know, we, we have a, we have an assessment tool we use and one of them helps people see where they are and all these different paradoxes. And one of the natural paradoxes that exists for every human in the view of self is self-acceptance. Like how well am I doing? You know, how, how accepting of myself am I? And then how self-driven to improvement am I? And everybody, everybody on this call for sure is high on self-improvement, right? <laughs> Want to get better, driven, go, 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 get better, get better, get better. And then everybody I work with, including me, you know, self-acceptance is pretty low. Now, and I think that's strategic. I mean, most people that want to get better aren't content. They're discontent. Like, okay, I can always get better, which is like a lower level of self-acceptance, high level of self-improvement. So most of the time, we're in a pretty self-critical conversation. Mm-hmm. And like, how could I be getting better? How, you know, what, what, why did I do that? Should have done that better, whatever. And sometimes we're proud and, you know, F everybody else. But it's usually at the deep we're defensive because we're hard on ourselves on ourselves and when somebody we're hard on ourselves right here and so we're, i was we're, just gonna i was gonna ask well we'll talk about it after but i was totally gonna ask where you're from i'm like i need to know where this accent is from i think i just had a coffee bubble come up um <laughs> like a little furball so anyway, if we're hard on ourselves and then somebody comes at us in a way that uh, points out something that I've already shamed myself about, then we typically react into mm. defensiveness, you know? And so the, yeah. the game is to like accept yourself more. And if I'm okay with my insecurities, then when somebody points them out, I get it, you know? But if I'm not okay, and we all have things we're not okay with about ourselves at some level, then I'll end up being defensive. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's pretty powerful. I mean, we do a family therapy call, me my ex-husband and my two boys once a week. And just, you know, this last week, my younger son was like really drilling into me about the things that I had done that had were bothering him and upsetting him. And it was like, I could feel myself going like inside being like, that's not true. And, you know, and, you know, like my, my, my normal reaction, my whole life reaction, you know, mm-hmm. but then being like, you know, internally, like, okay, just listen and and say you understand and try to work on it and like this is how he feels and this is how he's experiencing me so okay and that is not like oh that's just like that that didn't just happen you know I mean that is like a real conscious like I am making an effort to not be an asshole to my son where like I'm not I mean I'm not always I'm, I'm an asshole to Adrian all the time I think I I'm more I'm probably most aware because it's my kids you know and it's like we're, we're really, I'm really trying to like set an example and not fuck up my children any further. <laughs> um, that was just like a very specific moment. I, I remember from this week of being like, oh, this is like an ongoing practice. Like you, I don't get to stop thinking about this stuff, you know, which is also part of why I really love these kinds of conversations. I love when we are able to talk about these kinds of things on our podcast, because it is a practice of like, 
you have to keep doing it to keep doing it. You know, you have mm-hmm. to keep thinking about it, to keep doing it. Well, there's so, yeah. a reason I think people call, say that it's work, you know, because it actually is, I mean, it's really hard to get to the place that you, you develop those habits in the first place. And then it's really hard to, it's a, it's a constant, you know, practice to maintain it, like you said, you know, but I actually find it really rewarding because anytime that I realize in a situation like that, that I'm actually employing any of the practices that I've been working on and I see that it's working, like what just happened with you, with your son. Like magic. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it makes you feel really good and you feel like you've grown and, and the people around you notice it. And I mean, it's, it's just better all around. Hello, my cheeky friends. Christina Evangelista here from the Half Naked Podcast, a show about underwear, vulnerability, and history. Yep. If you've ever been curious about those strappy things at the bottom of your corset or why thongs were invented, join me on Half Naked where we expose the crazy and fraught history of the undergarment industry. What are some things that you two have found that are bringing you joy lately? Hmm. Other than sex. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Well, I'm saying you brought up sex before. Hey. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no hey. like surprise. We're we're hey. all in relatively new relationships, so that's that's a good one. <laughs> I haven't said that one lately, but that's a good one. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, I think that. Well, what would you? I am curious what you would say. I mean, I'm sitting to think about. Okay, what is really joy? That's where my head goes first. What are you talking about? Welcome to my brain. But the, I mean, usually for me, joy is comes from appreciation. And it's in small things. Joy happens like in a moment and it's about really small things like you know, a little embrace here. Or if we go, if, if Ali and I go from like disconnection to connection and both of us just soften, you know, get out of the fight for a second and just decide to connect with one another. That's a really joyous moment for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think, I think I would describe moment, things that spark joy in the same way that you just did little moments of appreciation. For example, I, I talk at the beginning of each episode of this show about just something throughout the week that I that brought me joy. And one example would be walking home from the farmer's market and someone just saying hi from across the street while they're walking the dog. And I just think, wow, it's really beautiful here. I mean, I just picked up fresh vegetables and fruit. The neighbors are all friendly. Like, it's just a moment like that where I just yeah. really appreciate Gratitude. that moment. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean. I think about it as a dad quite a bit because, you know, as, I don't know, as a parent, there's so much to do. There's so many concerns. There's so much just stuff to manage. And then, you know, they're kids, which is just a, a lot. You know, my, my kids are four and seven, almost seven. Oh, wow. And I think about it when I like slow down and stop trying to manage them and stop trying to get them to do something. And I just see them, you know, and I really appreciate them. You know, those moments are really joyous. Or just like, a, you know, a friend, and that old client, called today and I didn't know why she had called and we we're chatting for a minute. I was like, well, did you call for a reason? She's like, no, just called to check in. I'm like, oh, that's really, wow. That makes you feel nice. good. Yeah. 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 Like someone just wants to talk to me. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or we, uh, I've got a dear, dear friend. He's a joyous type guy, very positive guy, brilliant. And he'd been battling stage four cancer for years and then beat it and then went, went through like three months of remission. And then he just got word that it's back. And, you know, so sad, really hard. This guy's a warrior and he's very positive. And so he's going to, you know, he's going to fight through. And he, Ali had shown him uh, this unicorn robe type thing. Uh, and he's a unicorn. He actually has a podcast out or starting a podcast called Stumbling Unicorn. 
but anyway, he's a unicorn guy. And he's anyway, so he bought one and sent me one. And so I, the day it came, I immediately put it on and she put on a song, a funny song about unicorns. And I just was dancing and to shoot a video for Matt. And we sent it to him. We don't dare send it to you. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really sweet. Yeah. I guess my point is like, uh, for me, joy comes like when I just decide to be a kid for a minute and just, you know, let go, give up the struggle. Well, you, you talk about a lot, like when you try, when you like your desire to be like silly with the kids playful, you know, yeah. and playful. I've, I've found that my boyfriend's got a six-year-old son and, uh, you know, I haven't ever dated anyone with children before, but I actually find myself when we go to, you know, little get togethers with his friends and, and there are some kids there playing. I almost always find myself at some point in the night hanging out with the kids and just playing. And I always feel like the same yeah. kind of sense of, wow, I, just the way that they think. And it kind of brings me back to when I was a kid and I start to think about, you know, what would I have been doing in that moment? I would have been building a fort out of those boxes over there or like, you know, whatever. And and you get to kind of return to being a kid for just a second in time. And it actually, I would say that brings me joy too. Allie, what about you? I mean, a lot of what you said, you know, I think I get a lot of joy from our relationship and from we're connected and getting in bed and watching a TV show. I mean, I, you know, I think that like the last like 10 years, I mean, there, what's been interesting to me in mean, this whole COVID thing, it is, it has been a chance to like slow down. I mean, I feel like I've been, I've, I've been on like a treadmill for the last 10 years and to have found myself like struggling for sure with the adjustment to my life, how it is now on a slower pace for a multitude of reasons. But, you know, I, I have like a pretty like deep sense of joy from like, quiet and relaxation because my life has been so hectic for so many years. And, you know, my kids are 16 and, and 13. So funny because, you know, Adrian, and it's interesting to hear you say about your son as a six-year-old kid, because you don't have any kids, right? Yep. On your own. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I found the, the ages that Adrian's kids ages are now when my kids were four and six was like really challenging. And it's a lot of work when kids are that age. And I, I, I have like a very deep joy of my children now at this age because they're like almost adults and I have real conversations with them and I really love hanging out with my kids now. You know, it's, the younger age was harder for me. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much. So, and then I think now watching my kids with his kids, I get a lot of joy from that, you know, of like that, that bond and ha that happens. And sometimes like, you know, I, I never was the kind of mom who was like really getting on the floor and playing with kids. Like I just didn't like it. I thought I was going to because I wanted to be a mom very early on, but I didn't, I'm just not that mom. But when my kids are here and Adrian's kids are here and, and the kids all play together and my kids play with his kids, like it brings me so much joy because I'm like, they're all bonding. I want us to be one big happy blended family. And then like, I don't have to then get on the floor and, but, and I, and I love watching my kids be like so sweet and kind and generous to his kids. So I would say, you know, I get a lot of joy out of that. Well, your initial answer about the TV shows though, was one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys too, because I mean, we are, we are in quarantine and I feel like that's what everyone wants to know is what everyone else is binging. So <laughs> yeah, what are you watching? Well, we just finished the first season of Servant, M. Night Jamla's crazy baby show. I oh love my, him. Oh my God. I didn't know he had a show. It's called Servant. Oh, you got, you got to watch it. It's very TV. M. Night. You have to like, like him, I think, to like, are you writing this down? I I, yeah, I'm writing it down <laughs> because I want to start it tonight because I, I'm looking for a good new show. It's I started so watching. Good. It's crazy. No, I love him. 
So, well, I started watching Bridgerton yesterday. Oh, wait, did you, and do you like? Do you like Bridgerton? Did you start because we just finished it? I like it. It's it's cute. I mean, I don't know. I just think that the it's it's really beautiful visually. <laughs> I I don't know. Did, did you like? Adrian it? said it's like the what did you say is like watching the Bachelorette. It's like it, well, it's like Downton Abbey meets the Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Bachelorette. Or, we, you came around. Or a Gossip Girl, because in Gossip Girl, you've got that narrator who's, you know, each week talks about what's going that. on with each of the characters. Yeah, so it's very similar to Gossip Girl, because in Gossip Girl, the whole thing was that the Gossip Girl was this girl who told everyone else's secrets in this little, like, on a little website. Uh -huh. And so everyone was always feeding her information and she was always kind of ratting everyone out. And so it's similar in that way. Yeah. But again, I mean, it's fun. And I do think it's beautiful visually. So oh, I'm going to watch fun. it. I loved it. Okay, good. So Bridgerton and The Servant, anything else? We've watched a lot of TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what everyone has. I mean, I feel like we've gone through. Oh, you know, what's also really good is Your Honor with Brian Cranston. I mean, it's heavy. What's that on? I think it's on Apple TV. It might be on Showtime. I like these recommendations because they're different from other recommendations I've oh. been getting from people. So it's nice to have a little something different. Did you guys ever watch, did you watch The Duchess on um, uh -huh. Netflix? That was just no. a funny. And we've tried to get into The Crown. We just can't. See, I absolutely love The Crown, but I'm a freak about English history. And I love everything about, I love the Tudors. I love everything about, you know, any any kind of period dramas and then anything to do with the royal family. So, yeah, I, I was a I'm a pretty diehard Princess Diana fan, but like, I think we need to skip ahead and start watching the, the stuff about her. And I might. Yeah, like I was going to say you could just watch the most recent season because it's all about her. And it is pretty interesting what her life was like. If you like period dramas, you would. Have you seen Peaky Blinders? Peaky Blinders? Yes. So that, to me, that was one of the best. The Tudors and Peaky Blinders were two of the best shows I've ever seen. Bam. Absolutely love Peaky Blinders. So good. What are a couple of songs? Do you each have a favorite song you like to listen to that's a go-to and that makes you happy? You know the song that comes to mind for me? What, the unicorn song? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> what song? Space you Unicorn. <laughs> do you want me to play it for the video? <laughs> Please What's send the me the video. I want to see it. There's a song that we fell in love with early in our relationship called North. By Sleeping at Last? Sleeping at last. And sleeping at last. If you don't know him, he's oh, just a guy. So good. He's breathtaking. His, uh, his songwriting is breathtaking. What that song we really like. The the like about a relationship. Yeah, and there's like the theme of it is like kind of going going again and again and again. There's like a line that's like we repaint and repaint and repaint, and it's just a really beautiful song about like perseverance and pushing through hard times. Yeah. And, it sounds beautiful. Okay, well, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. The, the full line is, may we find the strength and the nerve it takes to repaint and repaint paint every day. The whole song is, the, the initial line of the song is, we will call this place our home. And the home is like a symbolism Metaphor. for the relationship. Yeah. I really like that. There's a song that Chris Stapleton put out recently called Starting Over that reminds me a little bit of a sim similar thing theme and that's another really beautiful awesome. song if you guys want a recommendation but that's I, I like that that's great it's I, called starting over starting over yeah i like stapleton yeah he's he's amazing and you love tennessee whiskey no. i like that song no, his, but what's the other one you listen to it over and over again is it arkansas that's a good no, one too. it's whiskey and you there's a bottle that. Okay. Okay. You know, you know that sad song? I don't know if I know that one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm new to Chris Stapleton, but but oh. that song starting over is kind of newer. So 
Got I think it. it's called Whiskey and You. This song is called Whiskey and You. So it's, good. Where are you from, Adrian? Because you obviously are from somewhere in the South. <laughs> well, well, thank you, man. Well, gave it away. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm from Southern Illinois, which is not that far south. Oh, really? Act Southern, yeah. That it's, is so uh, interesting. I grew up in a small town, like 8,000 people. I, I was going to say, because uh, my, my boyfriend's from Texas. He's from Corpus Christi. And you guys have very similar Quang. accents, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very similar. I know. I love it, too. It's really sweet. Okay. Well, thank you both so much for being here. Before you go, I want to ask you, is there anybody you guys would want to either shout out just who've you know been in some kind of a light in your life or somebody who you want everybody to just send positive thoughts and wishes to who's listening? That's really sweet. Oh, yeah. You don't get asked that kind of thing yeah. every day. Yeah. Well, Matt Heck, for sure. This guy's a stud. I think he just changed his Instagram handle. I think it's called Stumbling Unicorn now. Mm. It used to be adorable. I love it. It used to be Adorbeloso Grande. Um, <laughs> also comes to mind to me, there's a little bit of a Matt connection here, is my friend Jesse Chamberlain. Um, I have a friend who's also battling cancer, and I connected Matt to her, and she just was so incredibly grateful for the, the connection and to meet Matt. And she could definitely use some some love and some light and some healing thoughts her way. So okay, yeah, that's great. So we'll yeah. keep her in mind as well. Well, thank you both so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on while you're here? And also, if you want to let anyone, everyone know where they can follow you, find you online. On Instagram, I'm just Allie Webb, A-L-L-I-W-E-B-B. And um, our podcast is Raising the Bar Pod is our Instagram. And you can find Raising the Bar really on any place that you find any of your other podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm Adrian.K. So we do that Raising the Bar together. And then I have another podcast called The Naked Leadership Podcast, which is more for our work, our coaching work and training and leadership and corporate engagement work. So people can listen up to if you're interested in that side of the work, uh, Naked Leadership Podcast. Awesome. Thank you both so much. It was really nice speaking with you. I'm chatting with you. Yeah, me too, too. Yeah. Have a great night. You right. too. The Bright Side is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. Our theme music is by Maddie Noyes. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-Y-N-N, or email the show at thebrightsidewithkc at gmail.com. Have a happy day. Mm-hmm.